Hi, welcome to another edition of Fleet Momentum video series brought to you by Automotive Fleet. I'm Fleet Group Editor Chris Brown. This series is designed to put a spotlight on key leaders, trends, and product offerings in the fleet management industry. This episode is sponsored by and produced in partnership with Solera. In this episode, I connect with Cindy Brandt, VP of Product Marketing of Fleets for Solera. Cindy and I will discuss how to employ new ways to tackle two of the most important issues facing fleets today, the worker shortage and nuclear verdicts. Okay, well, we're here today with Cindy Brandt, VP of Product Marketing for Fleets at Solera. Cindy, welcome. Thank you very much, Krista. Glad to be here. Okay, and actually, Solera, um, tell us a little, just a, briefly about the Solera universe. Sure. Solera uh, is a company that recently acquired both Omnitrax and eDriving, uh, two companies that really specialize in, you know, making the best of not only the last mile, but also over the road. Uh, you know, it's a great new set of solutions to really solve a lot of fleet problems that are out there. Okay, cool. Well, let's dive into it then. What are the two most important issues facing fleets today? So we consistently hear from our customers about two things, one being the worker shortage and two nuclear verdicts. So let's think about that worker shortage for just one second quickly. You know, when we think about the last mile and kind of those lighter fleets, Today, we're short about a half a million piece people, not only in the driving aspect, but also in the warehouse aspect. Very important for us. In the next three to five years, we're seeing that there could be a need for another half a million drivers and warehouse workers. Now, let's add to that the CDL licenses that we need, which is another quarter of a million. So we're talking about trying to find 750,000 workers in the next five years to replace people that are leaving the, the workforce, but also for new jobs that we're creating. So the second one is really about nuclear verdicts. You know, amounts are climbing that are being awarded, uh, as well as the sheer number of lawsuits. You know, it's really becoming one of the largest challenges for all fleets as they travel more miles. You know, if you think about awards alone, they actually grew 51% the amount of those awards, which is much higher than any other inflationary cost. Wow, yeah, and you know, you combine that with the fact that uh, safety on roads today and the incidences of crashes and de on-road deaths, you make a really good point about those nuclear verdicts. How can companies protect themselves better? You know, I think first and foremost, they need to focus on crash avoidance. How do they not have that crash, right? Uh, you know, they have to make sure that they have great safety protocols put in place, operational policies to reinforce those safety protocols. It's really, truly, truly the only way uh, creating that safety culture that you can stay out of a court and reduce those award sizes. You know, but I'll also say that having a safety culture isn't enough. You also have to have tools that are going to identify risky behavior and create to, and have the right tools for coaching to change that risky behavior. That's what's going to lead to that crash avoidance. Um, you know, from a, from a pure straight up litigation, you know, you have to make sure that you're at the baseline with the federal regulations, but that's not enough anymore. You have to exceed those regulations. You really have to create that culture that's going to differentiate you from other carriers. Um, and if you can show that you've exceeded those basic regulations, that's really going to also play heavily into uh, the juries and, and, and the folks listening to that case. 
Um, but even, even more is just ask, everybody should ask the question to themselves, what factors could have prevented that crash? Is it operational issues? Is it safety issues? Or is it training issues? Um, constantly ask when something happens, um, whether it's a large impactful crash or a small fender bender, what could we have changed to not be in that situation? Sure. And, you know, uh, one of the biggest components in fleet right now uh, has to be, you know, video safety and, and video telematics. So let's talk about that. So what are the range of like safety tools when it comes to video that exists today? There's a huge range of tools that are available today. You know, everything from a dash cam to managed video based services. Um, and when you think about a dash cam, it's got some pros and cons. It's easy. It's quick to install and it's inexpensive but it's an SD card. So if I'm in an accident or something happens, uh, I've got to go stop the recording right away, pull that SD card and go through what could be hours worth of information to find out what happened, why did it happen? Uh, and furthermore, if you're in an accident and the camera goes flying, well, the SD card's probably gone flying as well, right? Uh, if you go to the next end of the spectrum, you know, then we start to talk about video safety. And I call it video safety because it's got two components to it. It's going to have a camera that is recording and storing information, as well as a back office system. And that back office is going to allow us to match drivers and vehicles to different video safety devices. Um, it's going to capture events based on a set of triggers, but it's probably going to record many events that the next day someone's manually going to have to go through and say, this is a bad event or, oh, that's an okay event because it might've been triggered simply by going over railroad tracks and created some video there. So it becomes a little bit harder to figure out which events do I choose and how do I do the coaching? Uh, the good news is they typically have some basic infrastructure within that backend to do the coaching. Now the far end or the premium end is gonna be a managed video-based safety system. Um, that is going to add a much larger in-depth set of triggers that you can customize based on your business your type of vehicle, it might be the size of the vehicle or the weight of the vehicle even. But it's more importantly, it's going to add a team of people that actually review the videos relative to the criteria that you've set so that you get a 100% match for the most important videos to look at. So instead of having 25 or 30 videos to look at every morning, you might only have five. And of course, that's going to scale depending on the size of your fleet as well. But the other big piece of that on the backbone are strong educational workflows, as well as very strong driver workflows. Um, I'm sorry, not driver workflows, but rather it's going to have very strong driver coaching workflows. I want to be precise there. Um, but it's going to categorize those videos, provide the workflows that you need, get you the coaching scenario and workflows that you need, as well as even potentially serve up educational videos on how to be a better driver to those folks. Well, yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen the evolution of video telematics uh, from the days of recording on, you know, on tape. Um, it's come a long way, but what is the next big thing in video? So I wouldn't say so much in video itself. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of AI come into play with cameras being able to, to sense destructive driving, um, whether people are using a cell phone, looking away from uh, the road, having something in their hands, texting, et cetera. But there's this concept of convergence. Um, vehicles are getting more complex. We're asking drivers, delivery, and service personnel to do more and more things. And the people that we're making deliveries or service calls for are also having more complex demands on information. 
So as vehicles get more sophisticated and as people ask for more, we're gonna be putting more internet of thing devices on vehicles. We need a way to amalgamate the data and send it back through a single data point or a single hub, I should probably really say, because that's important out of folks to get that data. We're not, we're putting devices uh, onto vehicles, obviously to collect data and you've got to get it back in near real time in order to utilize it correctly. Um, so we're going to see convergence of those boxes, that getting from multiple hubs to a single hub to transmit all that data. Well, the technology is certainly getting better and it's lower cost. I mean, you know, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the technology becomes more and more affordable. Um, it's just like cell phones. You remember they were $3,000 when they first came out and, you know, now they're, they're, they're sub $1,000. So it's a good thing for everybody. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's get back to recruiting efforts. I mean, you know, there's the traditional way of doing things, but what are the new ways that folks, uh, fleets are looking uh, to recruit, um, especially in this time when getting workers is just so hard? Well, I think first and foremost, we need to make supply chain jobs a first choice when graduating from high school. Uh, if you think about people that come into driving, it's often a second or third choice for them. We need to elevate the profession and have people say, I want to graduate from high school and I want to be a driver or I want to be a mechanic or I want to be a, you know, a warehouse uh, worker or even you know, warehouse automation and engineers. Uh, these are becoming more and more sophisticated job roles. And they need better skill sets in order to do that. But we have to elevate that, that role in that position. Um, I'm super excited that we've uh, recently formed a par partnership with the Next Generation Trucking Association. Mm -hmm. And I know that they've got trucking in their name, Chris, but they're more about all supply chain jobs and not just trucking or truck driver jobs. They're looking to really get into the schools, into the communities, technical colleges, uh, as well as private schools to launch educational training programs in the United States. They want to show people that there's a career path from starting with if you start in the warehouse or start as a driver, um, you know, we have to figure out how we elevate a lot of these roles. Uh, and again, if we can make a lot of our supply chain jobs the first choice for those that are graduating from high school and not going on to college, uh, you know, we already saw we've got a three quarter of a million person shortage that we have to make up for. The second key thing is technology. If you think about the generation entering the workforce, they were born the same year as an iPhone was. So they've grown up with a phone, a tablet, and a computer to get them through their everyday lives, whether we're talking about just being in school, doing your homework, or being successful you know, with everyday life skills. Um, I think that companies need to start to embrace more technology in the cab because they're going to ask for it. And they're going to use that as a way to rank and rate jobs against each other. Who's giving me the best tools, the best technology tools to actually do my job? Wow. Well, hey, Cindy, listen, that's all the time we have for today. But thank you. These are some really important issues for fleets. And uh, we've got some, you know, new solutions on how to tackle them. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day.